0: Hello, and welcome to episode seven of What's on the Pile, a podcast where the gimmick is we watch random movies because we haven't seen them. I'm Nathan Besner, and joining me tonight is Shane Lee. Hello. Jenner. Jenner here. And Jane Belcastro. Hello. This week, we'll be taking on two versions of Louisa May Alcott's seminal work, Little Women, the 1994 version directed by G- uh, Gillian Armstrong, and the 2019 version directed by Greta Gerwig. So uh, let's get right into it. Uh, Whose piles uh, were these two films on? Uh, let's start with uh, Shane.
1: I have seen neither of them. I've never read the book. I, uh, my only exposure to Little Women is an episode of Friends, where uh, Joey was reading Little Women for the first time, and he got he assumed Joe was a boy and Laurie was a girl, so that's all I knew. <laughs> oh, and I knew that Beth died from that episode as well. So oh yeah, oh that yeah. was think,
2: uh, what was it the uh, the put the book in the fridge? Yeah, where Rachel
1: was reading The Shining, <laughs> and he was reading Little Women. And he, they Beth isn't scared.
2: Beth isn't doing so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. So how about you, Jenner? No, uh, I, I, I always uh, find it sort of an amusing story uh, that uh, this might be part, uh, somewhat apocryphal, uh, but uh, someone uh, apparently on my father's side of the family uh, once owned Green Gables, Uh, Somebody on my mother's side of the family uh, once owned uh, Sunnybrook Farm, and I am apparently a direct descendant of one of Louisa May Alcott's siblings. The amusing thing about this, at least uh, up to uh, this point, is that I had never either read or seen an adaptation of uh, any of those uh, those major works. So this was a first time (laughs) for me as well, despite the family connection. (laughs) <laughs> excellent, excellent. Uh
0: Jane, you're our newest member, our guest for the for this week. Uh have how about you?
3: Oh, okay. Um, let me see. The first time I ever heard of this, we played uh that card game, Authors. Have you ever played that?
0: I have never played oh. Authors.
3: It's well, my mom insisted on it and that's how I knew about Louisa May Alcott, but I did not know uh anything about the book, particularly besides that episode of Friends. So i think i did see the 1994 one but i've seen every movie and i've forgotten most of them so (laughs) that's that's
2: sort of our our running joke around here but yeah i I find it's more often true than not
0: (laughs) i can yeah I, i i can relate to that well um why don't we talk about? Uh, let's start with the the nineteen ninety four version. Uh, I figured I figured what we could do when we're talking about both these films is kind of jump back and forth between the two because um, I had seen most of the ninety four. I had not seen the twenty nineteen version, and I am currently reading Little Women. Um, so I think the best uh, the best way to get into this is some pe- compare and contrast, and uh, I'd like to start with um, some characterization. And I think uh, some of the uh, most different characterization between the two films is the character of uh, uh, Laurie Teddy, uh, played by Christian Bale in the '94 version and Timothy Chalamet in the uh, 2019 version. Um, how did you guys feel about? Uh, the, uh, the differences
2: between the two characters. Um, well, the uh, th- this was Christian Bale at the height of his charm, uh, I would say, before he started uh, d- going super method and doing really dark stuff. Uh, this was, uh, I guess, a couple of years after stuff like Swing Kids and Newsies and uh, already, I want to say, eight years after Empire of the Sun. Uh, but uh, he commands uh, th- the screen uh, when he's on it. The... Uh, But he does it uh, very effortlessly, but I thought uh, that Chalamet felt like he was kind of working a lot harder, but I don't necessarily mean that as a positive thing. He was actually uh, very funny at those few moments when he seemed to relax, Uh, but... one, one of the things that I kind of notice uh, as sort of an amusement about uh, the 2019 version uh, is that there are a lot of scenes where there is not a native uh, uh, U.S. accent uh, on screen. Uh, and and Chalamet, of course, uh, is, uh, is French. French. Uh, uh, Shor- uh, uh, Sorcha Ronan is uh, is Irish, and Emma Watson and Florence Pugh are both uh, English, uh, w- which is an interesting you know take for uh, for Americana. Whereas uh, all of uh, uh, of course Christian Bale is English, but uh, he does uh, a superb American accent, uh, and I think uh, aside from John Neville, who actually played English, uh, he was uh, pretty much the only non uh, native. Uh, USA English speaker uh, in uh, in uh, in the well on the ninety four version, which I think leads to sort of an interesting contrast in uh, in the acting styles to some extent because the ninety four version feels a lot more mannered uh, both in the uh, uh, the uh, the figurative sense of uh, being you know kind of the style of acting but also in the literal sense in that. Uh, whereas Gerwig later on took an approach of uh, having a lot of people talking over each other. Uh, so, oh yeah. I noticed that too. So, sort of be- betraying her mumblecore roots uh, there just a
3: little bit. Uh, Which kind of wrecks it for me sometimes. I do not hear that well. And we didn't have subtitles on. So. <laughs> I, I anyway, have to sorry, agree
0: that's... with you on that one. No, I, I, I definitely have to agree. There was sometimes when, uh, when they were talking over each other in the Gerwig version, uh, I could not understand what they were saying, and just thank God
2: that I always have subtitles on. yeah, the uh, the ninety four version uh, never lacked for clarity as much as anything else, which uh, I think kind of feels more idiomatic uh, both to the uh, to the source time period as well as the source material, uh, as, as I understand, not you know little women itself, but uh, sort of other works that I know of uh, from American literature around the same time. But uh, as far as, uh, t- to answer your question, uh, Laurie, uh, Bale was absolutely enthralling. I can, uh, I, I, if I had seen it at the time, uh, I would have definitely seen him going on to, uh, to much bigger and better things, as of, as of course has happened.
0: I, um, having, uh, being embroiled in the book right now and and getting to know these characters from that side of things. Uh, something I found interesting between the two characters is that uh, I actually think that Chalamet's performance, his his version, is closer to the book version of Laurie. He's more of this kind of boyish, roguish kind of, kind of guy, but also very young and naive. And I kind of felt like... Christian Bale, who kind of owns the screen when he's on it, um, was almost a little too forceful in some po- in some parts.
2: Yet
3: he- I can see that, but he also just seemed more joyful in the scenes where he was playing with the girls—not um, goofy, but joyful—and that. I- I think
0: me. no, that's a that's a great that's a great point. It's uh, I think that's that goes to a kind of general difference between the two movies as well, in that um, the '94 version is just kind of generally more joyful than the the '2019. 2019. The '2019 yes. is a little bit more dark and dour.
1: Yeah, actually, for me, uh, you know, knowing what I know about Bale's performances now, I couldn't help but sort of project a little more darkness onto his character, even if he wasn't <laughs> putting that out there. Which, you know, in, in the end, again, not knowing anything about the story, not knowing where it was going, in the end, I was wrong. He, he really was just that joyful and sort of hapless of a character. Whereas, Shalami, I came in from his work in Lady Bird, where he plays an absolute prick. And so I instinctively distrusted him. And I mean he is a bit of a rogue, but in the end I was also proven wrong there. He does, you know, truly love Joe. I don't really know what he feels about Amy. But um I, I don't I wouldn't say I was won over by Chalamet, but I did go in w- you know, wanting to dislike him just because of what I knew of his previous work. And he's going to play <laughs> Paul Atreides. I don't, I'm sure that's going to be a really happy light role for will we'll see. <laughs> we'll see when that movie comes out one of these days.
2: The kid seems like a good actor, but he, does, he doesn't uh, seem, in, in this one particularly, it felt like he was kind of doing uh, what was demanded uh, of him uh, by the plot. Uh now it's possible that there was a, a more sort of connective tissue that uh, that was uh, that was left on the floor. The decision in the two thousand and nineteen version to go nonlinear, I'm sure, is something that we're going to circle back on uh, later on. But it has a yeah, tendency mm-hmm. to make particularly his focus feel, or, or his performance feel, I think, kind of disfocused at times. There are moments when he is charming. There is moments where he is uh, genuinely funny. You can tell the kid's a, a good actor, but at the same time, in this particular context, he has a little bit of a. I, I, this is probably a little bit uh, too reductive, but kind of a uh, a pretty boy flavor of the week uh, piece of casting, I guess. Uh, whereas uh, whereas uh, Bale felt absolutely right, but I'll, I will absolutely agree with the, with uh, Nate's uh, uh, earlier sentiment that the '94 version is on the whole just a uh, a, a much more congenial affair. Uh, it doesn't lean so heavily into uh, into the inter- uh, interpersonal melodrama or the melodramatic aspects of the story. The way that I uh, I, I put it to uh, uh, to uh, Jane um, uh, for 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 context for a few listeners out there who don't already know this, uh, Jane is uh, is my significant other and. You know, vice versa. Uh, but um, <laughs> truth. <laughs> the the way that I phrased it to Jane was the uh, the '94 version for all of its tragedy feels like uh, a, a a big comfy blanket you just kind of want to roll up in, uh, whereas the uh, uh, the 2019 version feels like it's fighting you from time to time.
0: Or or you you kind of fight it at the same time with the uh, non-linearity of it. I, I did not like that decision. I, I, did, um, not either. I did
2: not either. I not do not think it added, uh, I don't think it really added anything into the film. The, there are hints of uh, where it might have been a good idea to have a little bit of non-linearity in there. The sort of meta bit toward the ending feels like it could have worked better as just sort of a single, you know, uh, uh, you know frame but on the whole, I really don't think it added to the picture in at least a couple of moments, such as uh, the uh, the moment of, uh, of uh, Mr. March's return. Uh, the nonlinearity actually almost uh, e- ended up slitting the throat of some of the happier moments by cross-cutting directly to an extremely sad moment.
0: Well, I do th- I think that the nonlinearity was uh, it, it really did a disservice to some of the characters, and especially uh, Friedrich uh, Baer, uh, the character who Joe ends up uh, falling in love with, and I guess marrying.
2: Uh, again, um, uh, again, he felt like a fully realized character in the 94 version, whereas he was barely there, no pun intended, uh, in the... Uh, in, in nah. in twi- <laughs> it was there. It was available. It was low hanging proof. <laughs> I regret nothing. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> But, yeah, no, he, he really only had two scenes with any particular weight to them. Otherwise, he was just a, a, a pretty face and a charming accent and some significant negging, uh, which was much more, I think, a recurring theme in the 2019 version than it was in the 1994. Uh, the irrepressibility of the girls never really got stepped on that much in the in the 1994 whereas the 2019 and i i can understand this as, a, as sort of a deliberate change in dramatic focus was a lot more about them running up against brick walls
0: well, well in, interestingly um i found while watching both of these that uh the 94 did not follow the source material as closely as the 2019 but the feel of the book was was right there with the with the 1994. It, that is how the book feels when you read it. It may not go the way that it goes in the 94, but it feels like that. And, yeah, uh, I,
2: I was never under the, under the impression that the book was big on hand wringing, which is definitely something that you get when you go into the 2019. So the the the, the 94. And again, not having read the book, I don't know how accurate that that is. But it feels uh, more mimetic uh, to uh, uh, what I always understood the tone of the uh, the original work to be.
0: Oh, they absolutely nailed the tone uh, in the '94. Um, now we were having a conversation earlier about whether or not this could constitute uh, Oscar bait because it did. It was up for some awards, and they did push it. Um, but I found – I think you agreed with me that uh, – I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but uh, <laughs> uh, I think you agreed with me that that the, the kind of joyous nature, that congenial nature of the film kind of takes it out of that uh, genre of picture.
2: Yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. The, uh, I, I found it interesting looking over the uh, the Wikipedia for both of these that these were actually both uh, Christmas releases, uh, which uh, I had uh, certainly quite forgotten about, uh, about the 1994 version. Uh, but it's it, it, it doesn't feel like it, 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 it it's more than it needs to be uh, which uh, kind of puts it out of the realm of what I would characterize as Oscar bait uh, uh, also, apparently, uh, it was uh, as, it, uh, as I understand from reading a little bit about the background uh, of it getting made, it was actually kind of a passion project for a lot of the people involved on it. Uh, this was something that uh, the uh, well, I mean, uh, ironically enough, ran up against a lot of brick walls uh, uh, trying to get it made in the first place. Uh, apparently, one studio executive uh, referred to it as a needles-in-the-eye picture um, by, oh, b- b- by virtue of not ostensibly having any particular uh, appeal to a male demographic. Well, I mean, that was, that was 1994 uh, studio politics for you. Whereas uh, Greta Gerwig had been working hand-in-hand with Sony on the 2019 version uh, since before she had directed Lady Bird. It was ac- actually went back to uh, something like 2012 or 2013 that, they sh- that she first signed for it and uh, had uh, pretty much straight control all the way through. So that's an interesting uh, kind of, uh, change, of uh, uh, change of the outside narrative, I guess. I, I think the
0: difference is uh, the 94 is very much a studio picture. And you, you can tell that it's a studio picture. It is almost perfect in formula, the way that it works. Whereas the 2019 feels like an indie
2: film. Uh, yeah, no, I, I had uh, mistakenly remembered that it was, uh, I, I had thought that it was a Lionsgate picture. It turns out that it's Sony again, and in fact, uh, produced uh, once again by Denise De Novi, who had uh, produced the 1994 version as well, which actually came as a little bit of a surprise to me. But uh, I will agree that uh, both of them are executed sterlingly uh, yeah, from from a technical standpoint, Uh I, I really can't fault either one. They both have beautiful music scores. I think I find uh, Thomas Newman's for the 1994 version a little bit more memorable.
0: Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Talk about a, a soundtrack that's been used over and over again in uh, trailers and Oscar, uh, like like things on the Academy Awards, their little, their little uh, vignettes they do. They use that music so often. I've heard it so many times.
2: Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, and, and in the meantime, uh, Alexander Desplat's uh, music for the uh, for the 2019 version is, is also lovely. But uh, I I don't think I could really hum a tune from it uh, for you. Uh, it's uh, it, it's not one of Desplat's most memorable scores. Given that I've never heard him write a bad one.
0: I, think I
3: actually. When you can't were watching them. the credits, I think you said something like. Oh yeah, that makes sense when you saw his <laughs> name. So I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know it, what that means, but you're uh,
2: throwing it, that out there. It, it's, <laughs> it sounded like an ex- Alexander despla score. Or, or it, this is probably going to sound meaner than I actually intended. It, uh, it, it, it uh, the instrumentation should have made me remember that Alexander Despla wrote scores like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now
0: uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about. Um, Some of the uh, feminist theory that is injected into the 2019 version, because I quite liked uh, some of the modernization, Uh, specifically uh, Amy's speech about marriage, um, which I found really intriguing. Uh, I actually found to be a good addition to the story that that was not necessarily there, even though the original story does have a feminist slant.
3: I did like that myself, actually. Um, I went and read a little bit about Louisa May Alcott just because I was like, "Is this autobiographical?" Turns out, basically, kind of. And um, one of the things is that she never did marry, so that was kind of the joke in the 2019 one, where they say, you know, where she's like, "Do I should I insert that for you know, uh, uh, monetary gain?" <laughs> and- <laughs>
2: <laughs> there, there's a little bit of uh, of uh, typically uh, uh, late twenty uh, teens uh, meta uh, that uh, y- you get the feeling they just couldn't help themselves, but that part actually I thought actually worked in uh, in in this case.
0: I can't. I still can't decide whether or not I think it went a little too far or not. <laughs> Might have been a little on the
2: nose, but I o- on balance I rather liked it.
3: Uh, well, it was just hard. It, it totally did take you. Comp- completely out of um the suspension of disbelief because you knew that she was just adding that so it's like oh so she said she added it and then she did it It, what (laughs) it was like (laughs) if it's gonna be meta be meta if it's gonna be you know a joke about i don't know it just didn't it didn't really blend to me after that i was like oh you know, just one way or the other, don't joke about it, because now I feel like it's been ruined. Because what's real now? I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why don't we talk a little bit about uh, our competing Joes? Because Joe is the main character of the story, and uh, I think it's it's all right to compare and contrast the works of two very good actresses uh, at the top of their game. Uh, Winona Ryder in the 94 and uh, 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 Sorcerer Ronan in, in the... 2019 um i'm not sure i would say one is better than the other
2: they're two very different performances that that Me either l- yeah i would agree. agree with that yeah that that is absolutely uh, uh true there is as i say a certain mannered or distinctly stagey quality to the uh the 94 version whereas the the 2019 uh, sort of feels uh a lot more sort of uh, naturalistic, but that doesn't necessarily mean one is uh, particularly preferable over the other. Writer's uh, deliveries feel very, very sincere. Um, It's—I uh, it, it, thought it was actually a really lovely por- performance, and it's sort of interesting. Uh, I think to compare the casts kind of all the way across, but I, I'm sure we'll get around to that. But uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I find it interesting that this was coming uh, two years after Bram Stoker's Dracula, uh, which, uh, a- as an aside, makes me wonder if uh, if uh, all of the uh, uh, the Brits in the uh, in the leads in the 2019 version I- isn't like some backwards-looking shade at uh, at uh, uh, Winona Ryder's horrible accent in uh Bram Stoker's Dracula it's like you know this is how you do a non-native a- 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 accent Winona uh, <laughs> but like well, that's... That, that's probably a bit of a stretch but I find it an amusing idea um
0: <laughs> I, I think it's okay too considering uh uh Keanu Reeves accent in that film which
2: is just so adorable yeah <laughs> It's one—it's one of those things that's uh, that's such a beloved bit of weirdness at this point. That one, we, we forget that Winona Ryder's accent wasn't much better than his, uh, <laughs> and she had more lines. Uh, but uh, but even so, like I say, that that's think of that maybe just as a little bit of a roundabout conspiracy theory, or maybe something that somebody might have noticed with some amusement uh, 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 behind the scenes on the set of the 2019 version. But uh, this is, I thought, a, a, a really a really warm, really winning uh, performance by uh, by Ryder here, and I think that may actually be sort of uh, the characteristic uh, distinction between her and uh, sorcia Ronan is R- Ronan does not feel as warm. Uh, she no, yeah, she's no, definitely
1: messier, and, and yeah, she's definitely messier and more kind of flustered and, and scrapping by all the time.
3: I was gonna say that her the stylistic choice to make her look wrinkled and uh, frizzy all the time was like odd. I mean, at least you know Winona Ryder's portrayal was she was you know clean. Yes, yeah, she had some burns on her dress and some ink on her fingers, but she didn't look like she'd been you know rolling downhill all day or something. <laughs> I, don't know what that, I don't know what that was. She just looked rumpled, and I was like, I guess. I mean, just because you're creative doesn't mean you don't care, you know, a little bit. I don't.
2: <laughs> Ronan had a distinct uh, air of exhaustion uh, about her, which uh, of course they, estab- they established very early in the movie from her, you know, staying up all night. Um, I, I I feel uh, I feel that, uh, that Winona Riders Joe is the one who is more Attached to her family uh, there are times in the uh, I- I- in the remake. I know th- uh, that everybody is cool with each other by the end of it, but uh, th- There are, there are times where the uh, the uh, 2019 version leans a lot more as I said into the uh, interpersonal melodrama uh, Sort of uh, I mean every family is going to have its div- its divisions. It's just you never worry about uh, the, the health of people's relationships in the 94 version the way that you do in the 2019 version well, I think,
1: I think part of that's the chronology, because I was never quite sure, even though I just watched the '94 and, and knew the story inside and out by that point, I was never quite sure where we were, not just in terms of the story, but in terms of the relationships. It was. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, you know, th- there were, who knows yeah. how they shot it? If they shot it, you know, if, if, they, if the actors knew where they were, if they shot it more conventionally or if they shot it out of order. I mean, they, all films are shot out of order, but if they had a. whether or not the actors had a sense of where they were. In terms of their relationships at any given moment, but that wasn't always clear to me in the uh, in the 2019 version.
2: Yeah, there were there were times, particularly in the latter half of the movie, where I was kind of reduced to uh, getting myself temporarily located uh, by uh, the uh, uh, the length and condition of uh, of Ronan's hair. Uh, yeah, I agree. Well, that's what I was hair told. Grew back uh, Way too fast. Yeah, I, yeah. I had I had About
1: heard
3: eight years worth of hair that she grew back in a year. I don't
1: know. <laughs> Yes, someone had told to me, So I'd heard, I'd heard when this came out that it was confusing chronologically, and someone said, just watch the hair, that's your guide. I, I tried that, it did not help at all. No, because her really only had had... way
3: too fast, because when she went to New York, um, her, I guess it was like, yeah, they said seven years, so it wasn't that far after that she caught her haircut, something between her father coming home, it had to have been like a year, and hair grows six inches a year, so... Just saying. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> These are the things I care about. That and the wallpaper. I'm not really oh, sure no. they <laughs> can afford William Morris wallpaper, but, you know, I'll let it go, because I really love <laughs> William Morris. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I was
2: about saying, didn't they go to an Art Nouveau theater at one point as well? Yeah, you know,
3: one <laughs> of the, the, the theater actually had some wallpaper that looked Art Nouveau, but uh, and it just seemed like slightly too young, like maybe like 20 thirty years too young. I don't know. Whatever. It shouldn't matter. And you know, if I were the set uh, designer, I'd be like, yes, I get to use Art Nouveau because it's my favorite. So, and I'd be like, damn straight, I'm going to be using William Morris wallpaper. I don't care how much it would cost, and you know, the import from England and you know, whatever. Anyway, that was there my impression.
0: They they definitely felt like there were more uh, modernizations in the 2019 than there were in the uh, in the 94.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wonder if that's, you know, again, going back to Greta Gerwig's mumblecore roots, if she allowed any improv, because some of the language, every now and then, I would feel would slip into sort of a, a more modern cadence in yes. some other moments. Yeah.
2: Yeah, as I say, that's, I just, that's I one that of I, the things that I actually liked about the 94, is it, it feels like, you know, relatively genteel people would talk around that time. You were about to say, Nate. I've completely forgotten. I apologize. Um, (laughs) But uh, Um, actually, uh, if I could uh, sort of uh, spawn off of Jane's digression about the design there, uh, I find it interesting that the sort of the settings in the 2019 version feel a lot sort of bigger, like it's going for sort of a, a grander visual scale than uh, the 94 one uh, was. But I don't know is that that's, just, uh, that that's just a choice that they made. It doesn't feel like it's necessarily a better or worse thing. Uh, if anything, I uh, feel that the sort of smaller scale of the 94 version gives it kind of a much more intimate feeling to it uh, than, the, uh, than the 2019 did.
1: Right. The twenty nineteen the house is definitely bigger and it's also much brighter. And so I never got the sense in the twenty nineteen version that these four women were sort of stuck in this house, uh, to fend for themselves. I never got that at all. Whereas in the in the ninety four you definitely get the sense that these four girls are just kind of stuck there. You know, they're waiting for their father to come back from the war. They're they're just trying to get by, but I never felt that sort of struggle at all in the 2019 version.
2: Yeah, the 2019 version, they didn't even lean into the destitution of, uh, of uh, the marches until about halfway into the movie, I think. Uh, again, the bouncing well, around. Uh, they did
3: a little bit at the beginning. They didn't lean into it, but they hinted that uh, Joe needed the money for her. For her family, for that story, I thought, oh, I can't remember. <laughs> we just watched it. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think
1: there were a couple of scenes where she's like, well, I- here's the money. And they're like, no, no, you keep it. And, you know, she's, it's sort of implied that she's making a big sacrifice. But again, it doesn't really come through that much in, in the 2019 version.
3: That was another thing. You know, their mother, uh, we, Jenner and I were both saying, isn't that funny that, um, um, Susan Sarandon seemed like a much warmer mom than Laura. Yes. Turner. And it's like, what? <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> I so, uh, uh, hope it wasn't me. <laughs>
0: no, no, no. I, I, I agree. I agree with that. And, uh, Jess made that point when we were, re- uh, watching the, uh, the 94, how much warmer, uh, Susan Sarandon really is. She feels like Marmee. Yeah. Um, whereas, Though, at, at the same time, I will say that one of my notes on the uh, 2019 was, here comes Laura Dern to inject joy into the film.
1: Yeah, she felt almost really? like, a, like a Stepford Marmy in, in, in yeah, a way. Yeah, she was... She was, and like, the she thing was is, always just she happy. Would...
3: Yeah. yeah, we talked about how uh, she seemed very passive aggressive about something that she was the one that convinced the girls to give away their Christmas breakfast. They didn't do it on their own like they did in the 1994 one. Hey, have you gotten to that part part in the book Nate cuz I sure would like to know which one it was.
0: It it, it was it was mostly a a family decision.
3: Yeah, but it, the mother Marmy wasn't even there when they decided to give away their breakfast in the 1994 one, right? She was gone.
0: In the ninety four, I don't believe so, but in the book, I believe she was.
3: Okay, I mean, they all looked, they all looked pretty. Like, oh no, I guess we better, <laughs> we might go to hell.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love Kirsten Dunst trying to oh, hide yeah, the, hide, her, hide her fruit. <laughs>
3: yeah, that was so cute, man. Oh. I loved her in that. I really did. And we were saying that maybe you know this was like a prequel to Interview with the Vampire, because like she. <laughs> grows up, but instead of growing up, she actually uh, gets turned into a vampire, and that's why they had to change actresses, because, you know. (laughs) 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 The one
2: one Kirsten Dunst uh, performance uh, that anyone knows prior to this, of course, was Interview with the Vampire, which I believe was released only about three or four months uh, before this. Uh, But, uh, yeah, no, uh, uh, so by this point, she's done a vampire movie, and she's done a changeling movie. <laughs> gr- grant, gr- granted, I think switching actresses for Amy in the '94 was absolutely the right move. Uh, yes, wonderful.
3: I loved it. Yes. I, and Florence Pugh did a as good a job as she could. But when you know anybody has to play somebody younger by you know kind of s- squealing and kind of I don't know, she's like, you know I'm younger now. It's like Ugh, please uh, don't do that. Pugh,
0: Pugh- <laughs> Q did not come across as precocious. She came across as weird. Yes. (laughs)
2: Yes. <laughs> kind of weird and bitchy, and she doesn't look like she's any younger or older than any of her other sisters. That that yes. was right. one of the weird thing that uh, things that kind of got us about the 2019 version is all of the actresses are fantastic, but they all appear to be the same damn age.
1: <laughs> 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 Which, as yeah, actually, I understand well, it, is not how so,
2: the, they were not quadruple uh, like fraternal quadruplets in the novel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Saoirse so,
1: Ronan actually seemed like the oldest in the 2019. She, she seemed did. older to me than many. at least just I mean she's taller but also just the way she felt yeah she acted older she she seemed in her in her messy way seemed more um, she seemed to know more who she was I guess yeah.
2: No, I, I think we came up with uh, more or less the same point. It's, uh, I mean, Emma Watson is a fine actress, but she really gets blown off the screen uh, by uh, everyone around her uh, in uh, the 2019 version. Whereas uh, I, I absolutely adored Meg in the 1994. i I've, always adored uh, Trini Alvarado. I mean, this was, uh, I guess, a couple of years before she was in The Frighteners, and she was always a fantastic actress who I think never really had the career that she should have, and I don't know why. Um, but, uh, yeah, her Meg, her Meg owns her space on the screen, whereas Watson, she works her subplot, and she does fine work, but I think uh, it's possible just that, uh, having watched uh, the 2019 one so uh, soon after watching the 1994, she kind of suffers in comparison
1: yeah i
0: would agree with that um she
1: why don't really, we she didn't have much of a big sister vibe to her at all i, I didn't really, yeah if no. i hadn't mm-hmm. know if i had known i if i hadn't already known that she was a bigger sister i never would have guessed that she was sort of the because she was sort of almost like a mother hen in the 94 version which there was none of at all in in the 2019. Well, also they made See, a lot
2: of uh, sort of her, uh, her I guess vanity uh, in the uh, uh, the '94 one, which uh, uh, w- was, if anything, uh, sort of endearing. But uh, whereas Watson never feels vain, which I am given to understand is kind of a keynote for the character. So that's doesn't, uh, aside from you know the difficulties with her domestic situation after she gets uh, uh, married, doesn't feel like it leaves her a whole lot to work with. Uh, again, going back to. The sense that the non-linearity of the thing, on the one hand, doesn't seem to help. That said, at times it feels like it's an almost democratic decision, trying to kind of kind of level out the screen time for all of the uh, for all of the main characters. That's just supposition I, on my part. But uh, go ahead. Nate.
0: No, I, I wasn't. I was not blown away by uh, uh, Emma Watt watson uh emma watson's uh i almost said emma thompson um (laughs) emma Emma watson's uh performance she meg to me should be a kind of uh kind of matriarch in a way that uh that when marmy is out of town would be (laughs) yeah Um, she should be big she should be brassy she should own,
2: own her space on the screen yeah
0: yeah she is the older sister and she doesn't feel that way she feels very flat in the film um, and that may be because they, they, Joe is the star. Joe is the one you want to focus on. But if, if that decision was made, I think it was to the detriment of the character. Because uh, I did not feel that, uh, that Meg was properly portrayed in the uh, 2019. But um, why don't we take a quick break and uh, we will be right back to talk more about Emma Watson. Okay. <laughs> We are back. Uh, we were talking about Emma Watson in uh, in the part of Meg and Trini Alvarado also in the part of Meg. Um, I did prefer Trini Alvarado's performance. I, I like her a lot. I've liked her ever since The Frighteners. Um, and it's nice to see her turning in such a good performance. Uh, I was not, I, I did find Emma Watson to be flat.
1: I mean, so I did prefer, what's her name, Trini uh, I, Trini I, Alvarado But I preferred the 90 or the 2000 As much as I like Eric Stoltz I preferred uh, her husband in the 2019 I thought he was much more um, The sort of Uncertain and, and Nervous and You know kind of realizing that She wasn't able to provide What she wanted I mean their best scene Was the scene where she's apologizing for For uh, I guess Buying a bolt of cloth and then Selling it back or something I didn't yeah. really get that. I mean, Eric Stoltz's whole thing is that he was just boring, and he was, as much as I like him as an actor. <laughs> I,
2: thought, I thought Stoltz was pretty charming, actually, but uh, oddly enough, I think that might be the one point that I can think of directly where the 94 version uh, didn't lean so much into the uh, uh, the uh, financial troubles uh, that they had, whereas the 2019 version uh, did. Um, but uh, I, I I thought that uh, that uh, Stoltz, I, I thought they were actually both quite good. Uh, definitely they, uh, they gave the dude who's name eludes me, I'm afraid, in uh, the 2019 version, uh, a, a little bit more meat, but uh, I, I thought Stoltz was, uh, was uh, again, kind of effortlessly charming.
0: I, uh, I, I preferred the 2019 performance as well, as much as I love Eric Stoltz. Um, though uh, one thing that's interesting is uh, the bolt of uh, silk that she buys for fifty dollars. That is in that's straight out of the book. Oh,
3: well, I loved that scene, except she was rather passive aggressive there. It was like, or no, her excuse me, her husband was. He was all, um, "Oh, I guess I don't need a coat. It will be fine." And I was, "Ugh." But that did. Well, I thought a he little... was being
1: sincere there.
3: He probably was, but oh, I don't know. It just kind of bothered me.
2: Didn't it, you too, Andy? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. no, it, it feels like uh, the uh, the 2019 version had a lot more sort of microaggressions uh, built in between the characters. There was a lot more negging. There was a lot more mm-hmm. uh, uh, passive aggressiveness. Uh and the negging, uh, I think, tellingly, was mostly on the part of uh, of uh, so, uh, of uh, the male characters. Uh, the uh, uh, the bit where Chalamet uh, is uh, uh, refused uh, uh, Joe's hand, uh, uh, he, he almost went full incel for a second there. What uh, <laughs> was the thought that crossed my mind? It might be a slightly ungenerous characterization, but uh, y- he you wasn't can heartbroken
3: so much as. Angry, I felt like. Oh, that... I mean,
1: I thought Chris, I thought Christian Bale was pretty bitter too during that scene. I mean, he that was, was like the one moment in the movie where I was sort him. of taken aback. Yeah, yeah, he was. I thought, I thought he was going to hit her.
0: I, Who, didn't Bale that, or I didn't
3: get that. I didn't get that.
0: It's probably just
1: uh, bias from uh, Christian Bale's later performances. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and Christian Bale's line during that scene where he says, I've loved you since I first clamped eyes on you. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's out of the book, but I was like, yikes. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> unfortunate wording, or maybe it really is just from the book. And that's how they spoke back then. But especially because it was subtitled, I was like, I, I read it before I, before he said it, I was like, oh. Yeah. I,
0: I, I did sense a certain amount of, uh, Creepiness to me from Christian Bale's performance compared to Chalamet's. but uh, obviously Jenner, you did not get that feeling I, at all.
2: I did not get that. Uh, uh, I, again, leaning into uh, my, my feeling that the '94 version is just generally a much more genial movie. He felt, you know, sincerely heartbroken, but I, 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 I was able to kind of erase my recollection of some of the whack-out uh, uh, stuff that uh, that Bale has done. Uh, since then, uh, I, I I kind of place it fa- fairly firmly in the uh, uh, n- not in the sense of uh, of being underage, but sort of the juvenile uh, uh, period of his career. Uh, I don't know. Uh, y- 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 uh, you had thoughts on both of the uh, of the lorries in this. Uh, uh, Jane, what, what's uh, your take on the comparison between the two?
3: I honestly thought that Timothy Chalamet was just brattier and uh, nastier than Christian Bale. I I understand where you guys are coming from, but I, he just seemed more not put out, not like, how dare she Uh, not love me back the way I want her to love me back, but more, you know, heartbroken, just couldn't believe it. And, And we know, well, we don't know, but they kind of lead us to try to make us believe that he wanted to be part of the march family and had the most fun with her so he was just trying to pick a daughter or you know pick a girl so he could become one of them and which seemed completely insincere but this, it, it, he was he was feeling i feel like in both of them he was being felt like he was being barred from the family not so much uh barred from her heart <laughs> which is creepy all over and her, her him marrying Amy later. is just, ugh, I don't know anyway, but, but yeah, uh, I, I, I think the, the brattiness that, that it felt with Timothy Chalamet was over the top and I didn't like it, but you know, it felt like a, how dare, how dare she. And, you know, and then Christian Bale just seemed genuinely sad, rejected, I don't know. Am I, uh, this this is my opinion. That's what I
2: got. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think I'm pretty much with you on that one. Um.
3: Yeah, there was a lot of uh, a lot of uh, spittle going on both of them. You know, they're <laughs> spraying, it, not say, Well, they were saying it and spraying it. And I was like, I hope they put oh, up a piece yeah. of plexiglass between him and the actresses because wow, but you
2: know, <laughs> a lot of bodily that, uh,
3: fluids spraying everywhere.
2: No, noting that this kind of leads into the uh, uh, kind of the trade-off that they make by uh, changing actresses midstream uh, for Amy in the uh, uh, the 94 version is Samantha act- uh, Samantha Mathis is a, uh, a fine actress but didn't really have enough time to make a whole lot of impression uh, especially at that point when we're still uh, al- already uh, pretty solidly endeared to uh, Kirsten Dunst's uh, turn as Amy whereas uh, all, I, I, I mean I can see there's a, there's a case to be made for uh, sort of both approaches uh, to uh, to casting Amy, but you you, uh, you, you Jane, I, I absolutely agree with you that uh, Florence Pugh does not really feel right uh, as uh, as younger Amy, but good good Lord, she dominates as older. Yeah, she. Amy. she owns I tried. It. I mean, the, yeah, the, yeah. I, I, she tried
3: se- to like act like she's maybe like a seventh grader, you know, thirteen, fourteen, and I tried to look at her that way. But anyway, I'm sorry I, I interrupted. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, the second half of the movie was almost Amy's movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, to, the, to the point where, you know, where they developed her character so much, I was like, well, there's no way she's going to go with Laurie now. Like, this wouldn't make any sense. I mean, yes. it was yes. predestined by the book that she would have to, but that almost, I mean, that felt off to me that after everything she was going through, after all the character development, um, that, that she would end up just succumbing to what ex- she's exactly said she wouldn't do. She wasn't going to be second to Joe. And I don't see anything, I don't see that anything changed between those two moments of her saying no. And then her being, like, oh, all right, sure. Well, yeah, she that,
3: that's she a- did genuinely. Uh, I mean, Amy genuinely adored Laurie. Right. She child, loved her To the point yeah. where she burnt Joe's book because she went on a date with him, you know, and that's what she, I mean, come on. That was seriously harsh. <laughs> yeah. And, and so and co- I think she was a little bit of obsession, but you would and, think and- that she would grow out of that.
2: And, and coming from uh, the child uh, uh, Kirsten Dunst uh, that see- it, it seems a lot more like something that a little kid would do uh, a lot more so than uh, in the case of uh, uh, Florence Pugh's Amy where it is a deliberate and calculated act of malice yeah it felt
1: more like it felt more like she did it because she couldn't go play in the 94 right as yeah, opposed to yeah exactly. Yeah.
2: No, but uh, as I say, if uh, if she is not the strongest as uh, as young Amy, uh, well, I, I, again, I absolutely adore Florence Pugh. I, I, the the question that I think I've asked on uh, at least uh, two other podcasts by now uh, is is it too early to just categorically refer to as quote the great Florence Pugh. Uh, <laughs> Uh, because she, she's been, as older Amy, she was absolutely amazing in this. I can absolutely see why uh, she got a uh, uh, an Academy Award nomination. But uh, she's been doing absolutely stellar work in basically everything else that I've seen her in. Um, I, as she was uh, uh, utterly compelling in uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the Little Drummer Girl miniseries from a few years ago, directed by none other than our previous subject, Park Chan-wook. Um... And uh, uh, of course, was ab- absolutely amazing in *Midsummer*, which I think is one of those things that we're probably going to be tackling on a later episode one of these days. So yeah, I she, still have not seen it. Oh. Yeah, she, 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 okay. she is absolutely one of the most interesting actresses working at this point, and uh, it, it's uh, it, it's nice that uh, even as uh, as young as she is at this point, that uh, that uh, the uh, the Academy for all of their you know politicking and bullshit uh, has uh, at least somebody's taken notice. I'm just, I, I was not as happy with that first half
0: characterization of Amy. I, I didn't like it personally. Um, I don't think it's any fault of, of the actress. I don't think it's her fault at all. I, I think it's the direction she was given. Um, and just the fact that she was cast as such a young character and she does not come off as a young character.
2: As I say, it's the only, uh, I mean, granted that I've only seen the two adaptations of, uh, of Little Women thus far, but my impression is... Uh... There's a good spread on the ages in uh, most of the prior adaptations, of which there's something like seven, uh, I-, I think. And in most of them, they usually end up recasting uh, uh, Amy at about the halfway point. Um. Uh, I was interested in uh, in, in uh, looking for a little bit of background on this to discover that uh, not only was there a 2018 Little Women that I accidentally clicked on the Wikipedia page for that was actually done as a, uh, a contemporary uh, 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 set uh, picture, uh, ended up uh, like opening at something like number 16 uh, the week that it opened, it fell like a stone. Uh, but uh, there was also a 2017 uh, adaptation uh, done for British television that, uh, amongst others, apparently included uh, Emily Watson as, uh, as Marmee. And uh, uh, that one uh, I'm, apparently is actually really good, and I, I, I rather want to go ahead and find that now. I'm told
0: that it is a very good adaptation.
1: You know, I'm wondering if the whole chronology thing was because it's this is something that's been adapted so many times, and it's a story. And, you know, maybe she's assuming, maybe Gerwig was assuming that everyone knows the story, and you know, it is a very it it is filled with sort of some some melodrama and some some plot tropes. So maybe let's mix it up a bit. I mean, I mean, I ultimately think that was to the detriment of the movie, but that's really. One of the only reasons I could think of to, to do that with this particular story.
2: Switch it up a bit, yeah. and make it stand out. I, I would I would be interested to see if some uh, enterprising fan editor would take a whack at uh, oh at yeah at, a cr- at a chronology. film and yank it back into order. <laughs> yeah, I would
1: I would love to see a chronology cut of this.
2: Yeah, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I mean, hell, if Christopher Nolan will let it happen, <laughs> um, <laughs> and maybe it'll we'll be Blanco. on the Blu-ray. We can open up. <laughs> Well, we
0: have not yet talked uh, uh, much about our uh, uh, ultimate male character, Mr. Uh, Friedrich Baer, played by
1: Gabriel Byrne in the I 94. I know.
3: I got so excited when I saw him come on the screen. I was like, I...
1: <gasps> Yeah, an hour order. into the movie, I was like, after an hour, I was like, "Where's Gabriel Byrne?" It's been like an hour. He was like in the credits, right? He's in this movie. <laughs> oh, oh. I, so. I didn't even look <laughs> like oh, at the, the credits. I was
3: folding laundry, but then I, 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 I was like, well, "Who is Joe going to end up with?" And then he comes on screen. I'm like, oh, "I love him. I just love him." So what can and, and I say? on the Ever one... since
2: gothic, yes. So, <laughs> but on the one hand, I think he's absolutely too old for Winona Ryder in 1994. But well, on is the... that from
1: the book, though? Is that that yes. might have been. Yeah, that's yes, that guessing. is much
0: closer to the book. the The age discrepancy is is much uh, is closer to the ninety four version in the book.
2: Oh well, that cool. that kind of works then. Age uh, because but a number. <laughs> because uh, because otherwise he is a stunningly agreeable uh, 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 character in the ninety four version. It's uh, uh, it's one of uh, Gabriel Byrne's most, I think, effortlessly charming uh, performances. Uh, and I find it interesting to think that this is, I believe, the movie that he did right before the. Usual usual suspects, yep. uh, lending yeah, itself I, to an, a, an interesting study in contrast.
1: I, I think it was four years after Miller's crossing as well. So, yeah, that's, I, I've never seen this version of Gabriel Byrne, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like seeing him like that. Yeah, yeah it was nice.
2: Well, I mean, by all accounts, he's an absolute mensch. It's just, uh, uh, to recall... Uh, 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 I believe it was Brian Singer's phrase, or possibly Christopher McQuarrie's phrase. Uh, somebody said that uh, that uh, Gabriel Byrne had the most effortlessly complex facial expressions of any actor he had ever worked with. <laughs> <laughs> but this is this is one of those interesting and rare instances where he's uh, uh, where uh, the filmmakers aren't leaning on that; they're just leaning on, dude is crazy handsome, <laughs> and uh, a- a- and in this case uh, uh, again just utterly agreeable. Uh, not least uh, <laughs> not least because i uh, as much as anything else one of the things that i appreciated about him over the uh, uh the iteration of the same character from the uh, the 2019 version is he was giving honest criticism now granted the poo-pooing of pot boilers in this is something that i would I- I- in practical uh, or in uh, in artistic terms take a little bit of issues but at the same time when he was giving uh his thoughts on uh, uh, on Joe's work he was he was being nice about it he was uh, just giving a uh, sort of honest and to, do, to the best of his ability and no, uh, you can ability, do better helpful mm-hmm. criticism mm-hmm. Uh, whereas uh in the 2019 version dude is just straight up negging her yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. i don't like
1: him you're talented but this like isn't him. good
0: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, i and, did not like him in the in the 2019
2: and, and uh, again, if uh, if uh, the 2019 version uh, was uh, ha- had some difficulty in keeping focus on uh, some of the characters, I feel that uh, uh, well, I'm sure we'll talk about Beth in just a moment. But uh, I think the character that it was the most abjectly ruinous for uh, for the uh, for character development uh, was Professor Bear because he's ba- basically in one, uh, one scene very near the beginning and one scene right at the end. And there's no feeling of uh, anything resembling an organic relationship between him and Joe. He's just—he's just a walking plot device, And he's is, Just right. no
3: chemistry, nothing. Where you know, uh, the nineteen ninety-four, there was, yes.
1: <laughs> now, now that I think about it, in the ninety-four version, so Gabriel Byrne, when she gives when he gives her com- constructive criticism, he gives her the key to to what she needs to do to make her writing successful. Whereas the ni- two thousand nineteen version does not which i think is deliberate in that she finds her own way in that version that being said i still think their relationship suffers for that but i think that might be why uh he didn't you know give her any help in the in the 2019 version
0: that does that makes sense uh considering the perspective that greta gerwig was taking for the picture um but i agree the uh the uh, timeline was to the detriment of the character and just completely obliterated any kind of, uh, any kind of characterization we could have gotten out of him.
2: Yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. Absolutely. It's i uh, I I'm sure the, uh, the actor in question is a perfectly decent actor, but uh, they, he didn't have enough scream time uh, to make an impression as anything other than, well, again, another flavor of the week, aesthetic, uh, you know, pretty boy with an, uh, with a funky accent. Um,
0: I also I did I liked the age difference uh, between them in the ninety four version much more than uh, than the twenty nineteen because there there isn't really an age dif- difference there they're uh, peers.
2: Well, but, uh, again, saying Gabriel Bird is too old for Winona Ryder is uh, very much a matter of looking at uh, at. Uh, the source material if it does derive from the source material uh with uh, with these 2021 eyes or even the 1994 version with the 2021 eyes uh which makes it understandable that there was less of an age difference in the you know, the 2019 version but uh, even even so it's uh, that that poor guy probably had a better performance in him it's just the the movie kind of didn't give a cha- give him a chance to do you know one thing or another
0: I get the feeling a lot of uh a lot of his performance was probably left on the cutting room yep, floor. Yep, I was
2: thinking that same thing. Well, it's already a fairly lengthy movie. Uh that's that's another thing that I, I again I would say that I like the 1994 over the 2019 for is it doesn't waste a minute. Uh it it doesn't linger on yeah you know, somebody standing there and not doing something for, uh, uh, for you know, a, a good 30 seconds longer than they maybe need to. Now, that means, that does mean that it has a feeling of being a little bit breathless at times, uh, but uh, at, at the same time, I think that the, uh, the 2019, particularly with the, uh, uh, with, uh, with the roundabout uh, uh, chronology, has a tendency to seem languid at times where it probably shouldn't. I actually found portions of the 2019 to be breathless. I, I
0: wrote that down in my notes uh, that uh, the uh, talking over each other constantly, which could be a that that could be just uh, the perspective of what it's like to have so many sisters in a house together. People just talk over each other, but it led to a kind of what I, I think is a breathless quality to the 2019.
1: Well, what you said, you said you found portions of it, Breathless, which I agree with, portions. Yeah, no, I'll I'll agree with that. There were parts that were enthralling in the 2019, and then there were parts where, like, well, also, there was the whole issue of having watched two movies in a row with the basically identical plots, and the second one being longer. (laughs) I did find myself (laughs) a few times being like, I found myself, oh, this is the scene where she falls through the ice. Okay, let me just check out for a second, because... You know, she didn't do anything special. The director didn't do anything special with that scene. Or here's a scene where Meg is going by herself, or, or not Meg, Beth is going by herself to the to the neighbors. So, I I did find myself just I was a little bit tired by the end of the second movie of, of this of this story, the set of characters. Even though I'm, it's, it was impeccably made and acted. I forget what the point was of me saying that. Uh, we were talking about oh how, how portions of the the uh the later movie weren't thrilling, but as a whole there, there were a lot of lulls and there were just also just jarring time shifts where I was into one part of the story and then now we're in another part of the story and I'm kind of starting over in my, in my focus or my, my attention
2: yeah, it's it's going going back to my metaphor of the uh, the '94 version as being uh, j- just kind of like a warm, comfy blanket. It has a very even tonality to it uh, all all the way through. The pacing is is consistent. It 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 doesn't bounce. Uh, it doesn't bounce and bounce and bounce and then stand still, uh, which I, I would say the, the the 2019 kind of does. I might be
3: getting it's a bit the... ahead of us all, but you know. One of
2: the lulls where I was like,
3: get it over with was Beth's death. Um oh. I, I, I know you probably already want to talk about this, but I was like, come on and die. Because Claire Danes
1: <laughs>
3: Claire Danes, it was beautiful. She was laying in the bed, she had a heartfelt conversation with her sister. Her sister shuts the window. Joe, you know, basically, Joe turns around, sees this beautiful look on her face, and we know what happened. And it was beautiful. It was small and perfect, and I, it, it wasn't belabored. The whole, you know, you know, taking care. I took care of you once. I could get you well again, and it just felt so. <sighs> I it, it felt. I yeah, it,
1: she she was sick for half of the 2019 movie, but in varying states, and I was never quite sure where.
2: Yes. Yeah. The, <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say next next to uh, Professor Bear, I think uh, Beth is probably the one who kind of got the shortest shrift uh, in uh, the 2019 version. Uh, the actress who uh, who performed her was uh, was fine. You can definitely believe her as uh, mousy, uh, a lot more than you could believe it, uh, from, uh, from Claire Danes. But at the same time, Claire Danes was just luminous in, uh, in this role. This was oh, uh, I one of, her I guys. think, one oh. of, I think one of her best early film roles before she took a detour into some very ill-advised projects with stuff like the Mod Squad and, uh, uh, Broke Down Palace. But, you know, then, then she took a few years off and, uh, uh she's been doing, uh, you know, terrific, uh, Character work ever since uh, Terminator was, Three. She was my favorite thing about Terminator. <laughs> no, no, you, you, you. No, you she was good in that. She was my favorite no, I mean, thing about she Terminator. She was good. 3. She was good in that. She movie. was fantastic in that movie. Uh, but like, as I say, she's just been doing excellent work uh, since then. But this was, I, I think, one of her uh, kind of loveliest early roles. Uh, but uh, as Jane said, they didn't uh, they didn't belabor it. Whereas the way that they structured Beth's story in. Uh, the 2019 version aside from the really lovely moment of uh of uh you know her thanking uh chris cooper for the uh for the piano Mr. Mr. Lawrence, Chris. Co- both uh, worth noting as an incidental here. Both of the Mr. Lawrence's were just lovely. Uh, I mean, the, yeah. uh, of course, the, the great John Neville in uh, the 1994 version, and uh, Chris Cooper in the uh, t- the 2019. Both of uh, of them were uh, oh, were wonderful every second that they were on screen. Uh, I
0: I actually I liked the handling of Mr. Lawrence more in the 2019. Uh, mostly, yeah, it gave I him more too. to do. It gave him more uh, I'll
2: absolutely agree with that. Mm
0: -hmm. It's much closer to the book uh, with the gifting of the piano and whatnot. I get that uh, gifting it as a a Christmas present is far more cinematic uh, and really kind of compresses things so it doesn't go over a two-hour running time. But I I like how they did it better in the 2019. That being said, uh, what they did to Beth's death in the 2019, was probably the part of the movie I hated the
2: most. Same. They, um, my, my, my issue with it is it doesn't let Beth uh, exist as a character. Uh, it treats Beth as an aspect of Joe's story. Uh, and, and part of that is the, uh, is the structure, and part of that, uh, I think, is the writing. It, it doesn't let Beth make much of an impression until she gets sick.
0: Well, for me, it's specifically the juxtaposition of having her sick the first time and then immediately following that up with her dying. Right. Like there's the joyous moment of her of her
1: getting better. Yeah. And, oh, wait, is it, isn't her dad coming? Their dad comes home and then she dies immediately after that. That was the moment Am I, I was talking
2: about uh, uh, when we started uh, about uh, the the point where one of the most joyous moments in the story has its throat slit immediately, like cro- by crossing it to a rhyming moment. Uh, that is one of the saddest in the story. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, starting off Little Women knowing from the outset, uh, outset that Beth is fucked I don't think is fair to the character. <laughs> right, right.
0: And, I, and Claire Danes, uh, to describe her performance as luminous, I would definitely agree with that. And that's probably partially because I'm a 90s kid and uh, grew up having a crush on Claire Danes like every other 90s kid.
2: Uh, I had never seen this, so uh, I, I actually didn't particularly like her uh, prior to uh, <laughs> prior uh, prior to Rise of the Machines. Actually, uh, wow. that's that th- that said, uh, going back and seeing this, I like her a lot more uh, from from that period. Uh, this this uh, single handedly rebalanced uh, my my experience of her uh, oeuvre from uh, from that period. <laughs>
0: oh uh little, little baby art school nate loved watching my so-called life i was life. gonna
3: mention that i was like jenner have you never seen my so-called life <laughs> I, it, it's <laughs> but been I was forever late comer because i'm an 80s baby so you know
2: yeah yeah i uh i saw a little bit of it when it was uh, originally aired i thought that she was fine uh i thought that the cast was fine but i hated the way that it was shot uh Uh, granted, granted, that's one of those things that I could probably stand to revisit again, uh, you know, one of these days, uh, uh, myself, but, uh, I I expect I'll handle it on my own time, but my point is I didn't like her enough in that, uh, to like her at all in stuff like, as I say, the Mod Squad or Broke Down Palace, uh, the one of which uh, uh, felt like it was a singularly uh, tin-eared attempt to do something fashionable, and the other one was a singularly tin-eared attempt to do something quote-unquote meaningful.
0: I saw the Mod Squad in the theater, and I still regret
2: it. That's a common reaction to that picture. I probably saw it. I don't remember. (laughs) I guarantee you saw it, and I guarantee you don't remember.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did... uh... Did anybody else notice Donald Logue showing up in the 94 version as the sexist guy? Yes.
2: Yes. Uh, uh, again, lots of weird, strange little connections uh, that uh, that uh, my brain keeps making with the cast lists from this. Like, uh, of course, Donald Logue later on appeared with uh, with Christian Bale in uh, Batman Begins. Uh, also, if I recall correctly, both Winona Ryder and uh, Samantha Mathis uh, were both dating Christian Slater at the time of their respective movies with him in 1989 <laughs> and 1991. Um, wow, that's pretty funny. <laughs> that that could have made for uh, e- either some interesting comparing notes or some interesting shade backstage. I, I, I don't know if there's any documentation <laughs> on that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I, again, going back to, I, I find it amusing, uh, you could make an interesting drinking game out of the 2019 version by, uh, by, uh, taking a drink every time that there is a scene where there is no, uh, uh, native U.S. accent, uh, on screen, uh, you'd probably get, you'd you'd get yourself really messed up by the end of the film, I'd hazard to guess, uh, Like given given Little Women's status as kind of uh, archetypal Americana, I I just had a little bit of meta amusement in the bit right at the end of the 2019 version, where uh, Saoirse Ronan and Emma Watson and Florence Pugh are all walking arm in arm, you know, uh, uh, you know, at uh, you know, uh, three quarter angle from uh, from the camera, and I'm thinking, there is not an American person on screen right now.
1: I, I, I had a big moment. I yelled, what? When Bob Odenkirk showed up. On I, yes, I had no, I had that no that idea is. he was no, I in the movie. I mean, I love him. That is, a th-
2: that, that is a thing that I will uh, agree with you. I, I, one of the things that I think both, both Jane and I noted was they gave Mr. March a chance to be a character in this, which they kind of didn't in the 94 version. Oh, you
3: just yeah, put I Bob almost Odenkirk forgot. There was a, on the screen and then – Boom, instant awesome. So, yeah, and, yeah, I mean, he's
1: he's an amazing dramatic actor, but I was not expecting him. I, you know, you make a good point. In the 94 version, there's a scene late in the movie where Mr. March is on screen for some reason, and I totally forgot that he was home. I was like, oh yeah, he's he's, he's there with them. Yep. They're The whole family's together. I totally forgot he was in, even in this that's uh, that's one of the to me the detriments
0: of the 94 version because we haven't spoken a lot about the detri- any kind of uh, negative criticism of the 94. there's there's a lot of uh, praise. but uh, they left uh, they did leave a lot out of the original source material. Yeah. and characters like that were kind of it was to their detriment.
2: Well that's a legitimate viewpoint but I mean we, we've we've talked many times about uh, uh, the perils of adaptation and my <laughs> ongoing uh, you know, hour and a half uh, uh, iterative rants on the subject but uh, no that that is a fair criticism at the same time uh, movies even uh, e- even movies uh, during award seasons did tend to, for the most part to be a bit shorter uh, in uh, that period and a bit more uh, generally tightly edited uh, than uh, they are uh, these days uh, they uh, the uh, with the loss of celluloid uh, film editing has definitely gotten a bit more indulgent Uh and at this point, well, and at this point, with the, the with the loss of cinemas, well, I mean, at this point, they're actually going ahead and releasing a four hour uh, uh, director's cut of Justice League. So that's that's the world that we're
1: living in. And, it's, and it's rated R. And it's rated it, R it should, <laughs> because it should be because Superman's story should be rated R.
2: A <laughs> <laughs> little bit of divergence there, but uh,
0: I do I believe that the ni- uh, twenty uh, nineteen was shot on thirty five.
2: Oh no! The, I'm I'm not talking about uh, about photographic celluloid. I'm talking about release celluloid. Ah, the, I
0: see. Uh, uh,
2: the the uh, I, I remember, and this was another one of my you know kind of ongoing rants in the late '90s, that uh, Warner Brothers had a tendency, or Warner Brothers particularly, uh, had a tendency to cut. Some movies to the absolute bare minimum of coherence, and sometimes beyond it, uh, to the point where you would get uh, like early uh, trailers for things like uh, uh, the Avengers, the one with uh, with Ray Fiennes and Uma Thurman and Sean Connery, or Soldier with Kurt Russell, where there was more footage in the trailers that wasn't in the movies than there was uh, that was in the movies, which led to some uh, very misplaced expectations, particularly for Soldier, because there were space battles in that trailer. Those were not <laughs> in the movie. Why would you do effects scenes and cut the... Anyways, that's a whole nother, you know, something or other. But that, the point is, uh, Celluloid was expensive, uh, and... Uh, y- At that that point uh, the uh, that one there's there were still it was still relatively early in the age of the super multiplex uh, so there were less screens uh, for uh, things to run off and uh, less screens uh, to kind of have overlapping uh, releases, uh, which is uh, or uh, overlapping screenings, which is one of the th- things that has become uh, e- even before the late unpleasantness became more of a keynote uh, with the uh, the larger and larger uh, tentpole blockbusters. The only reason they could get away with uh, uh, with uh, uh, Endgame being about three hours long is because they were expecting it to take up five screens out of a ten-screen cinema. Uh, but uh, only five, <laughs> at least uh, it was a, it was a round number. <laughs> But uh, uh, one of the thing, one one of the keynotes, and one of the reasons why very often the extended versions of uh, movies from the eighties and nineties I find particularly uh, are often a bit more interesting and a bit more telling than comparably extended uh, versions of movies from later, is because in some cases just to keep the running time tight, they actually would have to sacrifice reasonably essential or reasonably important material. Uh, but. Uh, 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 even so, uh, allowing that, uh, that uh, I, I want to say that the 94 version was something like, what, 104 minutes, somewhere thereabouts, it's still a pretty healthy running time uh, for, uh, uh, for a dramatic release, especially one that the studio kind of, sort of didn't think was going to make a whole lot of money. And uh, I mean, bless them for actually, for, uh, for actually uh, it being a hit. Uh, Lord knows Gillian Armstrong deserved one, but... Um, but at the same time, uh, I imagine it's very possible that uh, there's a, a lot of material from the novel that uh, was uh, deleted at the, strip, at the script stage, and probably a lot more that was, uh, that was deleted uh, in the, uh, the editing stage. That was just a lot more of the nature of the business at the time than it is now. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate your well, indulgence well, in that, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I, uh, I think that's actually going to be just about uh... – our time here on what's on the pile um,
1: Any final thoughts uh, Before we head out Shane um, Both movies Definitely worth watching I would be really Curious as to um, if you don't know Anything about Little Women if you watch the 2019 Straight off how much How hard that would be to follow because I, I followed it because I would just seen the original But I did feel like It would have been confusing if I hadn't So that's just a bit of curiosity On my part so. I would I would agree with that. How about you, Jane?
3: Well, uh, I think now I actually want to read the book. Um, I have never read it, and now I'm completely interested, and I'm re- willing to put down my trash sci-fi for some, you know, fine American literature. But um, yeah, I absolutely adored the 1994 one. Um, I felt uh 2019 one suffered in comparison in many 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 ways. Uh but it's still 2019 one completely watchable and entertaining but uh, I I did hate the skipping around and, and that's that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How about you Jenner?
2: Uh I I'm pretty much uh, uh, right there with the misses on this one. Um the uh, the 2019. If I had not seen the 1994, uh, I I uh, almost directly beforehand. I, I think I probably would have liked it more. Uh, it's as I say, given the difficulties of uh, of young Amy, it's uh, supremely well acted, supremely well mounted. The non-linear thing is, well, that's a choice that they made, um, but. The 1994 one is just so warm and so agreeable, and at least for all of the titular women, uh, gives all of them such uh, such an even hand and even shrift. Uh, I think that I, I predict that that's the one that I'm more, more likely to be revisiting, uh, uh, you know, uh, on a more regular basis. I uh, I know you mentioned that uh, that your Mrs. Uh, Jess uh, watches it every Christmas. I, I have a feeling that that could well become a tradition for me. I actually really, really loved that movie.
0: I, I really need to start partaking in uh, watching it with her because it was, as you said, it's, it's a very warm film. It It is like wrapping yourself in a blanket. It's very comfortable and it, it's nice to go back to.
2: It is the feel-good movie of 1994. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I really like it.
0: That'll about do it for us on What's on the Pile. Next week, join us for the Citizen Kane of black exploitation, Rudy Ray Moore's Dolomite, followed by the Rudy Ray Moore biopic, Dolomite Is My Name. You can find us on Twitter at What's on the Pile, or go to whatsonthepile.com. Thanks for hanging
3: out.